Hello, everyone. Inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Montreal Canadiens extend Sean Monaghan. Is Carey Price set to join the Canadiens front office? And who on the Habs is on the trade bait list around the NHL? All that and more inside today's episode. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 871 of Lockdown Canadians. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. And as always, thank you for making us here at Lockdown Canadians your first listen of the day every single day of the week. We are free and available wherever you get your daily podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, or on YouTube. I have, of course, talked a lot now. I am Scott Matla. I am one of your hosts. And I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, today we dedicate this episode to one Kenneth Hughes. Kent Hughes. I don't actually know if it goes by Kenneth. If he does, cool. If he doesn't, I hope you never hear this at all whatsoever. We have content, actual content, not speculative content, but real down-to-earth stuff. How are we feeling on what was a... Very spicy Tuesday weather-wise here in Buffalo. I mean, there's still some rumored content. Like, we're still going to talk about some trade rumors <laughs> a bit later. Um, but I'm, I'm excited that there's actual news. And the actual news uh, turned out to be a freaking steal for the Montreal Canadiens. I think that the signing Sean Monaghan to a one-year deal, first of all, is phenomenal work. Uh, if you're somebody like Sean Monaghan, particularly if you're injury-prone, you'd want a lot of time. Uh, a lot of term. And the other thing too, is that they signed him for 1.93 million. I think it was 1.94. It was under 2 million for the year, which obviously is a huge come down from his last contract. Uh, But he obviously has a little bit to prove in terms of not his ability to play. Like, I think he's made a lot of, he's, he's proven a lot on that front, but we need to see if he's able to be durable for literally just, a season. Uh, and I think that the Canadians probably liked the influence he had uh, on the people around him. When he was able to play, I thought he was fantastic. I really, really did. It's so unfortunate because he's so un- injury prone. He's just, he's so fragile, but not mentally, just like, just physically. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think this is such a good deal for the Montreal Canadiens because it's not even it's not even $2 million and it's not going to last longer than this year. And if he spends half the year on LTIR, he spends half the year on, on LTIR. That's almost $2 million in, in cap savings. The Canadians are going to benefit from. Yeah. His contract comes in at 1.985 with a $15,000 bonus to bump it to 2000 for games played. I believe is what reported is what was reported here. And this is an absolute win-win for both situations here. Sean Monaghan in the lineup last year had a positive impact on this team is that he is not the player he once was in Calgary. That is an understatement and that we are aware that that is the case here, but he did provide much needed 
upside defensively on some of those lines. We watched him playing with Kirby Doc, and they worked well. He worked well with Josh Anderson and Uri Slavkovsky before he got injured. He's entered that kind of wily vet stage of his career that he knows his way in a lot of different around a lot of different situations. And he helps the Canadians in a lot of different spots there. And I know people are asking, what does this mean for Christian Dvorak? What does this mean for Kirby Doc? What does this mean for this? I don't think it means anything yet. I do think that Sean Monaghan is going to start this season primarily as a winger for the Montreal Canadiens because he can be plug and played in every situation that the Canadiens need. He can take faceoffs on the power play, even if Nick Suzuki is your first line center there. Monaghan takes the faceoff and Suzuki kind of takes over that role. Monaghan goes to the front of the net like they did last year and they found success with that. I think it's a, and I think the biggest part here too is the contracts dirt cheap. And by the time the trade deadline rolls around again, the Canadians aren't expected to be contending or even in the playoff hunt. Kent Hughes basically got a second chance to, I'm going to turn this guy I got a first round pick for into something at the deadline. And if Sean Monaghan comes in, plays perfectly cromulent middle six hockey for the Montreal Canadiens, puts up, let's say 30 points. And by the time the trade deadline rolls around, Kent Hughes is laughing. It's it's a it's a real win across the board, and I think it was Eric Engels that said this on Twitter. It means he's healthy and good to go after the setback he had, and I think that's really important for this player too. A lot of that a lot of Canadians fans learned to love very quickly during his time in Montreal. I was on the mute. Um, I was not able to undo my mute button. I'm very sorry, <laughs> listeners. Um, you said that Canadians fans learned to love very quickly in Montreal. I I adored him um, as a fan. I I just it. I don't know what it is that he brought to the team. Like when he was on the ice, there was a level of maturity there. There was also a level of creativity there, but also reliable. Like there, you just got the sense that he knew where he needed to be and he knew where he needed to go. Now, whether or not he was able to get there um, is a little bit, you know, obviously he's a little bit on the, uh, let's say the downswing, a downward swing of his career. Uh, But at the same time, I think just for me, I just think that like, you can't lose with this. Yeah. It's a situation where, Across the board, things, it all just kind of makes sense. And there were a lot of teams that were apparently interested. I know we were talking with uh, Jay of Lockdown Blue Jackets about this, is that it would have, there are any number of teams that would love to be able to take a guy like Sean Monahan here and just go, we're going to put you in the lineup in this spot here to just eat up some minutes, help some of these younger guys. And I, I'm glad that it's in Montreal, especially a team that is, Again, going to be on the younger side in terms of some of the people that are here. The the Caulfield Suzuki's are leading. You're going to have Slavkovsky in the lineup. You're going to have potentially some of these prospects coming up. You're going to have Harvey Pinard. You're going to have Yelonen. You're going to potentially have a guy like Joshua Waugh playing NHL games this year, not counting even Uri Slavkovsky or Philip Mashar. Having someone like Sean Monahan who gets the intricacies of the game here helps alleviate that. And because he was their defensive guy last year, he takes some of that pressure off their shoulders a little bit and allows them to kind of free up their game because he can adjust to the style that they're playing on. He played on the top line. He played as a fourth line wing, as a penalty killer. He did a little bit of everything last year, 
it's a huge win for Kent Hughes. And he got this out of the way before the draft, nonetheless, too. One less thing he's got to worry about. We know Harvey Pinard's probably going to be the next contract in here, a Montembeau extension in July. But I didn't actually expect this to get done so far ahead of the actual NHL draft year. I thought it's going to hit July 1st, and maybe he gets re-signed then. They got this done out of the way beforehand. And I think that proves that Sean Monahan was an important piece to Kent Hughes, and he wanted to make sure he got another chance to bring him back to the Canadians here. At a heavily discounted price. I cannot say enough about this contract because let's just face it. A lot of people are like, oh, don't sign him at all or sign him for under $1 million. You don't go from your current contract to a less than $1 million contract. This is as good as the Habs could possibly get. Like literally, I think it, they were just like, can we get it in under two? And they got as close to two as possible without being two. Yeah. And like I said, $15,000 bonus, like they have the cap space for it. It's not a big deal. It is, it's good. It's just, it's good. I don't know what else I can really, that we can really say about that. It's great to see Sean Monahan back. I know Habs fans and everyone are going to love that uh, this upcoming season here. We're glad that he's healthy, but we move on to a little bit of sadder news. Potentially Carey Price is moving out of Montreal and we're going to get into that. And some rumored news about that coming up next. But first, baseball season is in full swing, and there is no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And that's because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. Super easy to use FanDuel, safe, secure, you get paid out instantly, same game parlays, every kind of thing you've been looking for. You're going to bet on the Red Sox to beat the Yankees again? You should, because that's what I would do. You don't want to miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of Major League Baseball, and us here at LockedOn. And as always, please bet responsibly. So today we're, we're going to shift the news here just a little bit. Carey Price uh, and his family said goodbye to their home in Montreal this morning. Uh, Angela Price posted on her Instagram story and uh, on her own Instagram, a photo of them leaving their house. It's been known for a while. They were building a home in uh, Kelowna, British Columbia, out West, closer to both Carrie's family and Angela's family, who I believe are from uh, Washington, if I'm not much mistaken. It was always going to be the plan. They were planning on it being a summer home. And then obviously, uh, Carrie Price suffered, you know, his recurring injury, his knee injury, not healing the way that it was. And it became less of a, this is going to be where we go in the summers and the off season. And more of a, I think this is where we are living now. And it is it is sad that this is kind of how goodbye is happening here a little bit in that uh, Carey Price, it, it more or less confirms Carey Price is not going to play hockey again. And we kind of already had that thought already, but getting that confirmation is always a little bit of a, a gut punch is understating it, I feel like, but uh, it's a lot. Uh, apparently, though, Carey will be back in the city ahead of training camp. But I assume part of that is a formality just to prove that, oh, I cannot play hockey. Please put me on LTIR. Yeah, I think they have to do that. They have to go through that exercise. 
Um, so he'll be back. And, and I would assume that he'd also, if he's going to be back before training camp, maybe he'll stick around and like, you know, do another opening night wave to everybody like he did last time. Or he just, he, he would be around the office. I mean, the, the Canadians did have Shea Weber come by once in a while. And again, it was for the same hoops. Like the NHL kept making him jump through all kinds of hoops to prove that he's injured. Um, and so I'm assuming that Carey Price, this is not the last that we see of Carey Price, but I know there's some rumors going around that he might come back in a front office capacity. So the front office capacity is potentially me projecting a little bit here. Uh, and this comes from both cult MTL and Habs links on Twitter. The former Habs goalie is reportedly looking into buying property downtown to facilitate an undetermined job with the team. That comes from cult MTL and then Habs links adds on to that. Carey Price's family has officially moved back to British Columbia, but his wife, Angela says they are looking at a property in downtown Montreal to facilitate work that they'll be doing in the city during the hockey season. So it sounds like Carey will likely be involved with the Habs still. And my first thought is, you know, are they going to bring him into a front office role? Is he going to be like a goaltending scout or someone they can rely on? And, and my second thought is it would make a ton of sense to make Carey Price an ambassador for this team. Uh, even if it is, and I don't want to, I'm, I want to rephrase this. I don't want to say even if it is. I think Carey Price acting as an ambassador for the Canadians to uh, members of First Nations across different parts of Canada. I know Montreal has their select groups in Ontario and across through the prairies into Alberta and obviously back to where Carey grew up in out west uh, on the west coast there. I think putting him in that role allows him to kind of be out of the public eye a little bit in that regard and do something that he loved. And I go back to when he won all those awards in 2015. He won three awards and gave three separate speeches about the importance of that for kids growing up in first nations and everything like that. And it feels like if the Canadians want to give him a role, him being an ambassador in that kind of way makes the most sense in that. I think that that's the best fit for him. I'm not asking make Carey price want like, a special advisor to the GM, like the flyers are doing with everybody. I think something that suits his role there. We know Angela price is very active in what she does away from the Canadians in terms of clothing lines and all these other things there. And I think that this would be a very good role. They've been involved in so many things for the youths and underprivileged children that I think Carrie price in that role in the front office is a humongous opportunity for the Canadians. And I'm hoping that that's what they're pursuing. Right. I think one of the things that I was thinking is him in a marketing type role in whatever way an ambassador does make sense for that. Um, it's also, yeah, it's true in that Angela has two businesses that she founded in Montreal, uh, unless you also count the blog as a third business, like she has two clothing lines. Um, and so the blog is obviously, it is a source of revenue for her. And it, a lot of it is based on relationships that she's built in Montreal with, you know, whatever brands or whatever, um, services and things like that so it makes sense for her to want to at least also be able to go back and forth but I think the fact that she said during the hockey season doesn't just go with her line change company which is very much a hockey uh, related business I also think that it would mean that Carey Price would also be expected to be back and whether it's just the Canadians want him to do appearances like even if it's just limited to that that would still make sense. But I personally hope that 
they give him an opportunity to be a lot more involved for the exact reason that you mentioned. Like he's a role model to a lot of children and he's paved the way for a lot of First Nations youth. He also advocates for them, I think, in a way that uh, people actually listen to uh, rather than dismiss or ignore. Like the way that he he really champions First Nations kids um, and their futures is really something that I think would work in any market, like would benefit any market, uh, particularly in Canada. It's definitely something that is needed here. Uh, and so for me, like, I think, you know, whether it is work with the team or not, because she said work, right? Like it could be charity work. It could be philanthropic work. It might not even have to do anything with the Canadians, but I want it to, you know, obviously um, continue to use the name of the Canadians, use the, like the fame and the, the, cachet I guess of the Canadians to further um, the possibilities and opportunities for First Nations children and I guess my question here is too is that if he's coming back and working with the team I, I'm curious and this is not like what the most important part of this should be but what does that mean about his cap hit and if they're paying him like is the NHL going to look at Carey Price here working for the Montreal Canadiens in some way and go okay, wait a minute. So you're working for the team and they are paying you, but also you're getting paid by kind of like that Chris Pronger situation where he was employed by one team while being on the Arizona Coyotes roster and everything that I'm not sure if they cracked down on that or not. And given all the flack they gave Shea Weber about whether or not he could play again and this and that, I'm hoping that wouldn't be the case with this, but it's the NHL, so you never know. I am curious what that means for the status of his contract, because if he looks at this and goes, I am, you know, I am done. I cannot play anymore. I can't. He's not a selfish person, but I also don't know many people who would say, no, please don't pay me ten and a half million dollars this year for any reason. So I'm curious what that would mean for that. And I am hoping that if he were to step down uh, and just retire outright, that he would get a proper like farewell ceremony here in Montreal for that. But I am, I am legitimately giddy about the idea of Carey Price working in this front office for the Canadians here, even as just an ambassador. And I say just as, as an ambassador, look, that's not incredibly important at some points, but there's definitely opportunities here. And we're going to shift things one more time here because we had to get the actual news out of the way first before we bring it back to the speculation content, because that is what the off season is. It's two names that we've seen kind of floating around various outlet sources uh, in terms of trade market and everything for the Montreal Canadians. And we're going to get into those coming up next. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Send us your questions at Locked On, not at Locked On, but Locked On Canadians at gmail.com. Well, Laura, we are approaching the draft. We are approaching the offseason. And that means it's time for free agent boards and trade rumor boards and all these other things. And there are two names that for the Montreal Canadians that have stuck out the most one of which is not surprising and one of which maybe is a little more surprising, but also isn't, if that makes any sense. It does. 
Sorry, while you were while you you were transitioning to this segment, I actually was trying to look up and see if there was cap recapture penalty to do with Carey Price's contract, not to like further the last segment, but I thought maybe they could work out a deal where he retires so he's not actually getting he retires officially, so he's not actually getting the money that's owed to him, but the Canadians pay it out to him in front office salary. Um that that's that's what I was thinking, but I couldn't I couldn't get to it in time, but the two mentions, the two mentions, the two names that you were talking, can anybody tell that I'm tired? Um, <laughs> the two names, moving sucks, don't do it. Uh, it are uh, Mike Hoffman and Joel Edmondson. And this comes from publications, uh, some of whom are more dialed in than others. <laughs> um, so obviously uh, Frank Saravalli has uh, extremely well-connected sources uh whereas we're not really sure what the fourth period sources are uh and that, i'm just being completely honest perfectly nice people i'm just not sure i know or trust their sources because it's a very hit or miss like where sarah valley has a lot more um i don't want to say credibility because again that would feel that would seem like i am like really really um um I'm, I'm just trying to avoid any conflict with any publications at this point. I think the listeners can get what I mean. Uh, yeah. So um, Sarah Valley is saying the Canadians want to give Hoffman away. So does that mean they're going to package him with picks or prospects just to get rid of the cap hit? I, I'm curious on that because it seems like it might just be, we will trade you Mike Hoffman for future considerations don't even care what it is. It could be, and just to free themselves of that contract, because I believe if I am correct, this is his last season. It. Let me double check here. I'm bringing up cap friendly right now. This is Mike Hoffman's last signed season at $4.5 million. And honestly, if you're giving them away, freeing up four and a half million dollars going into this season where maybe you take on a contract to get some more picks and everything out of that isn't the worst idea here. I am curious what they have to package because this isn't like Monahan's that's that was truly hampering the Canadians. They can survive having Mike Hoffman on the roster. They do not need to actually urgently launch this deal off their roster right now. There are potentially a few others that I would say need to be uh, launched off of this first, but that's neither here nor there. But there's going to be a team out there that maybe even if the Canadians retain a little salary for the season and use one of their three uh, retention slots, that you just get that off your roster and it opens up a slot for Harvey Pinard, alone and whomever. Maybe it's, you know, someone they draft in the draft this year. Who knows? And I think that isn't the worst thing. The one that we're not surprised by in the fourth period reporting this on SiriusXM is the Canadians are offering up Joel Edmondson. And that doesn't surprise either of us. He has one year left at three and a half million dollars. He's somehow only 29 years old, which feels very weird. Joel Edmondson seems like he should be at least 30 something. Because he gets injured like a 38 year old player. Yeah. That's why. That's that's why he feels because he has back injuries. You know what I mean? Like back injuries are like 40 year old people. <laughs> um and uh, honestly, I think I think that that's the reason that I think that this is credible is just because we know it because it's been reported all season. I would say Joel Edmondson's been available for a trade since like Kent Hughes basically took over the franchise here. 
This is still the one that I think will get done before the season starts. I would not be shocked that Joel Edmondson will not make it to training camp as a Montreal Canadian. One year left, $3.5 million is a very palatable salary. You don't have to play him like a top pair defenseman. You can add some snarl, add some veteran leadership, add a Stanley Cup to your locker room. And it wouldn't shock me. Uh, A team needing depth. Mike Hoffman just makes a lot of sense. Uh, You know, and if the Canadians are retaining on that a little bit and you can get Mike Hoffman at, let's say, $2 million, you're probably taking that if you're most other teams here. I, I, it's a good spot to be in for Kent Hughes because I don't think Josh Anderson, a David Savard are going to be moving right now. Brendan Gallagher, if they're interested in that. If there is actual interest in Mike Hoffman, even if it is, you're getting a fifth round pick back. That's fine. It's more of just, they need the, they, I'd rather they have the roster space more than the cap space is great. Don't get me wrong, but I think that roster spot is that he is holding up right now could go to someone younger who, you know, is maybe actually earned that spot right now. And for Edmondson, the defense is a little tougher, mostly because it is a lot of young guys and it leaves Matheson and Savard as your veterans. And beyond that, I think Jordan Harris and Justin Barron um, have your most NHL games out of that. So that one's a little bit more interesting, but I do think Ken Hughes is absolutely He's got a lot of pokers in the fire to borrow an expression here. And I'm really curious what he does does with them uh, with the draft a week away. He's like, he's caused every day. He'll be like, Mike Hoffman still available. Joel Edmondson, call me. And then every single day he'll be like, Mike Hoffman, anyone interested? How about today? How about now? How about now? Does anyone want Mike Hoffman? And then everybody's just going to kick him out of the chat. The, the good old-fashioned, do you want Carl Alsner, for those of in the know on Habs Twitter there. It's 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 an interesting time, and the Canadians are in good shape cap-wise. Like, again, they don't have to jettison salary like Vancouver has to. Uh, or like Arizona, which they didn't have to jettison salary. They just bought people out. But there is not an immediate need for the Canadians to launch anyone out of this organization. The trade deadline is still a thing that exists where if they're, if Edmondson and Hoffman are on the team going into this season, they will be gone by then. Only a couple of months left on their contracts at that point, playoffs looming, needing depth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure we'll see other names pop up in here, especially as the draft just slowly crawls towards us next week here, where we will have plenty of content for that. But that is going to wrap our show today. So thank you all for listening. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Wherever you get your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you never miss a live episode. Ask us mailbag questions too. We're going to be doing the last mailbag before the draft Thursday night when we sit down to record. So get your questions in for that. Lockdowncanadians at gmail.com if you need that as well. We are wrapping up, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next time.